Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you. This one is, I am afraid that me and my husband may have caused an eating disorder in our daughters. I've already been warned that this one's going to piss me off because it involves kids. So cool. Here we go. I'm just going to go ahead and get pissed off. I grew up as a fat kid, but when I got to college, I began taking control of my health and lost 150 pounds. I had a personal trainer who is now my husband. He was a huge health nut to begin with and really kept me on track and held me accountable. I've been able to keep the weight off for 20 years and are both giant health nuts now. We have three kids. Our daughters are 14, 12, and 9. We've always been strict about health with them. They each have a workout machine in their room, which they use for an hour before dinner, and if we walk in and they aren't on their machines, they get phones and toys taken away. My two oldest girls have rebelled against this a lot. Should we just, we'll go ahead and do this now. We also have been really strict with nutrition. We've never had anything but fruits, veggies, and lean meats in our home, not even bread. At birthday parties, we took them home as soon as the cake and pizza came out. Never took them trick-or-treating for Halloween. Had teachers send them to different rooms when they had class parties filled with food. Told their friends' parents not to feed them junk. I'll admit we definitely sheltered them from junk food in a fear they'd grow up unhealthy. People thought we were ridiculous for the way we raised our kids and we were warned about them having eating disorders, but thought we were doing what was best and everyone was being ridiculous. Everyone else, I assume. Three months ago, we found out that our oldest daughters, who go to the same middle school, were sneaking food at vending machines from school with their allowance cash. My husband found out about this from hearing snacks in their backpacks and had a long talk with them about the dangers of eating those snacks, and he took the snacks and their money. I heard him talking to them, and he was gentle and all about it, but both girls ended up in tears. Recently, we got a call from our 12-year-old daughter's school counselor. Apparently, she had been chewing up her food and then spitting it out and making herself throw up in the bathroom when she ate lunch. They also talked to my 14-year-old who said that lately she has been skipping breakfast and lunch a few times a week for the past couple of years because she was scared we would be mad at her when she ate. Jesus. The counselor was not happy with me and recommended a treatment place for eating disorders. I feel like absolute shit, like we've caused our daughters to have eating disorders and have to look out for signs in our nine-year-old. I called my mom for help. Instead, she berated me and called me a piece of shit mom, which was the last thing I needed to hear. My parents are taking my girls for a couple of days while I get everything together and set things up with the eating disorder treatment place for when they come back. I don't know what to do. I feel proud that I didn't raise kids with junk food addiction and I put their health before their, their tears about not eating pizza, but now it's come at a price. I've been unconsolable and my husband and I aren't talking right now as we don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. 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 So there's another comment in here where OP agreed or someone agreed with OP and OP commented and said, see, thank you. Someone who can see my side of things. At least my kids aren't at a risk for diabetes and high blood pressure. Like a lot of kids these days. So here's the big problem I have with this. They thought they were doing the right thing for the kids. They were trying to protect them from from the dangers of junk food. Here's the problem. When you make something just purely off limits, you are not teaching them to not choose that thing. You are teaching them 
that it's on a shelf they can't reach, if that makes sense. You're teaching them that they have to be sneaky about it. You're teaching them that if they have it, you can't find out about it. It's it's just like booze or weed or anything else. It is one of those things where, where if you just make it completely off limits, whether you were trying to shelter them from it or not, you are, it's the reverse psychology of it. You're making it this, this thing, this unknown. You're creating this mystique and this mystery around it where they're more likely to experiment with it. If you want them to choose healthy food, you don't do that by taking one choice away. You know what I mean? They're not training their kids to choose healthier foods. They're training their kids to only eat what's available. And they know why that is the way that it is. But when it comes to when it comes to the first setting when their parents aren't around and they have the choice between the healthy shit that they've been forced to eat for years or something that looks really good that they know they're not supposed to have, they have not yet been trained to see these things side by side and say, I want to choose this thing over this thing because I know it will make me feel better. I know this thing will make me feel like shit when I eat it because I have been trained or I have been given the opportunity to choose those things and see the difference. They haven't been allowed the opportunity to choose. So they haven't been trained to choose. You've put them into a position where you would have to be their nutritionist and their chef for the rest of their effing lives for your plan to work out here, OP. That's the the big, like, I know that they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were trying to do something, a, a service to their children and and choose right for them and teach them that that the healthy food is the way to go. My point here is that, yes, there are other issues and we will definitely get to them. But my point here is that you're not teaching them to choose. You're just controlling them. There is a big difference between teaching someone to make the right choice and making the choice for them. You haven't taught them jack shit, except to be sneaky. Yeah, education is one thing. This is control, control over everything. I mean, it's not just food either. It is it is forcing them to work out before they come to dinner. Like the, the amount of physical control that they have on these kids sounds super abusive. And I, I think it's going to be a bigger issue than the school counselor calling saying that, hey, you're going to have to get your kid treatment for an eating disorder. A court is going to look at this and say, you've abused your children, forcing them to work out for an hour every night before they're allowed to come to dinner. And if they don't, they get their shit taken away, controlling them the way that they did. This is not going to be this is not going to end well. I don't know. I don't understand how parents went into this thinking that this was the right thing to do for their kids and then kept it up for this long. I mean, kids are. 14, 12, and 9. So for 14 years, they've been keeping this up. And I understand OP has had issues, and that's why she did what she did. But OP always had the choice. This is not going to be an easy fix. And this was not a choice that was made because it was truly the right thing for the kids. It was made out of fear. Making choices out of fear is never the right move. And I think that something you learn as a parent, and you can't learn until you walk through that fire, is treating your kids to to recognize and make the choice is the thing that you need to work on. Taking things away from them, making things off limits for them in the very beginning, maybe. But at some point, you have to put both things in front of them and say, OK, which would you choose if if we weren't around and why? And here's what this choice will do. And here's what this choice will do. It's still your choice. It's going to be your choice. Their 14 year old is going to be an independent adult in just a few years. And she's going to be out there making all the choices on her own. And she is lacking the education right now. My gut, my gut here is like, yeah, this is, this is an automatic ask on one offense. That's what my gut says. I know they were they say they were doing the right thing for the kids or they thought they were doing the right thing for the kids. But for 14 years, you've had 14 years to figure out that this isn't the right choice. You were right, Candy Thunder. It did piss me off. 
This is rough. And this is going to cause them lifelong problems. And the trauma that they are going to take from this is going to inevitably trickle down to their children and cause them lifelong problems as well. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you. This one is a journey, so prepare yourself. This one is, my sister Hulk smashed my graduation cake. Some people asked me for the graduation story I talked about in my last post. Again, these were posted out of chronological order, but we're going to do them chronologically. And as I am sick and bored out of my mind, I will tell you the story. It was the day I delivered my thesis and presented it. A German tradition is that once you complete your PhD, you get one of those black graduation caps that have pictures, memes, and little toys that describe you best glued on them. So I also got that and I absolutely loved it. One of the things glued on my cap were gummy worms because I would eat them constantly. We had booked a little hall in the university to celebrate. My fiancé and friends had decorated it, provided coffee, snacks, drinks, etc. Also, my fiancé handcrafted a beautiful cake, one of those that had the self-made marshmallow fondant and a color gradient that went from yellow to pink. Really beautiful cake. So eventually, after snacking, talking, and even dancing a bit, it was time for the speeches. My friends and my boss said how proud they were, etc., and then came my fiancé. He talked about all of my accomplishments in my life up to this point. At this point, my sister absolutely lost it. I mean, she screamed and cried like I had hurt her cat. My mom was giving my boyfriend signs to stop his speech and went running towards my sister. My father was already kneeling beside her, calming her down. Everybody was kind of lost at this point. My mom came up to me and asked me to do a little speech mentioning the accomplishments of my sister and all that. I asked why. My mom told me about her being rejected from her master's program and that that was the reason for her breakdown. Why is she there? I suppose I looked annoyed because my mom snapped and said, you know what, forget it. She then told my dad, who had managed to calm my sister down, to take her home. My dad took her by the arm and they started to walk out. And holy hell, as my sister noticed the cake, she lost it again, crying like a maniac, and then she smashed my effing cake. Everyone went silent. My dad dragged my sister out with so much as apologizing. My mom just muttered, my poor bebe. All of this... That we're getting this, we're getting this again, and we're going back to this and this again because there's so much shit happening right now. It's just I can't do it enough. Then I started crying. My friends and fiance went to cheer me up, but my mom was texting dad to see if my sister was all right. She followed me to the bathroom and reprimanded me for not being attentive when I saw my sister crying. I told her that I was hurt by everything that had happened. My mom just said that I had to understand my little sister because it was a hard time for her and that she didn't have a fancy graduation like me. She then left. We tried to keep the celebration going, but it was not really possible. We went home early. When I went to look for my cap, I found that the gummy worm package that was glued to it had been ripped out. As I later found out, that was my sister's doing because she was craving gummy worms. Okay, so again, 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 this is all all posted. It was posted out of chronological order, so we're, everything is going to make sense as we go here. But yes, let's talk about this for a second, because why the F would you go if you knew that you were emotionally rattled by not being able to make it into your own master's program and you were already butthurt about this? She knew. sister. There's no way that sister didn't know that she wasn't going to flip out and and trying to steal the spotlight by having a breakdown and apparently mom knew this as well because it was no surprise to her 
and, and she was ready for it. Mom was ready for it, not to do anything about it, not to correct it or anything, but but to enable it. This is another one of those, why doesn't my adult daughter call me anymore scenarios. The parents here could get two shits less about their daughter's celebration and her achievement, only the little sister who was having a breakdown. That's that's the only thing they cared about, and both sisters here know it. What was the, the PhD? Oh, okay, so she was completing her PhD. Okay, so OP completed her PhD. Little sister was rejected by her master's program. The the mom coming up here and saying, make a little speech about your sister's accomplishments. What the? I'm sorry, what are we celebrating today? Are we celebrating my sister's emotional issues? Because if so, that's a completely different kind of party, and we brought the wrong cake. This one is titled, My Family is Pressuring Me to Give My 28 Female Sister, 23 Female, My Wedding Venue Because She Needs It More Because She Is Pregnant. My fiance and I have been together for eight years and engaged for three. I was doing my PhD program and was juggling planning the wedding. My fiance took much of that work, but it was perfect because our dream venue was booked until after graduation. So what we did is book our dream venue three years in advance. It is a really beautiful venue. The only slot we got was September of this year. My sister got engaged a few months ago to her fiancé. They were planning on having a spring wedding next year. They had no venue lined up, but had a few vendors lined up as well as a set date. Yesterday, our parents invited us and our significant others to a family barbecue where my sister announced to our extended family that she is expecting. Everyone was so happy for her and my brother-in-law, who is a great guy. My nan asked my sister if the wedding was still on, the set date, or if they were going to wait because of the baby. She said no, that she hoped to move it to September. No big deal. See, OP says no big deal. I say this. We don't have many out-of-town guests, so they could attend both weddings no problem. Nan was happy and asked sister if she needed help planning such a short-notice wedding. My sister then turned around and said, That's what I wanted to talk to you about. I was really hoping we could kind of, like, take your venue. I really cannot stress myself too much with planning a wedding while going to maternity classes, and I think it's so beautiful. It would really mean a lot to me. It went silent, but everyone was looking at me expecting me to say, yes, of course, anything for my little sister. My brother-in-law looked very uncomfortable and told her that they had talked about this and that it was not okay to put me on the spot. But my sister just said, don't be like that. My sister wants to do what's best for me, so it's no big deal, right? I just said, well, it kind of is. I don't know. I have my heart really set on the venue. Cue my sister crying. She stormed off. Nan told me that I was being selfish because she needed the venue more than I did. I tried to defend myself and my mother said, You waited three years. Would it have killed you to wait a few more months? When has your sister ever asked you for something? A few comments later, my fiancé got really mad and we left. My sister called me crying and said that it was unfair that I always get what I want and that I could have done this one thing for her. Dad said, it is just a venue and what matters is the person who you are marrying. He is kind of right, but we have been planning for so long. My fiance is furious with my family and doesn't even want my sister to come. Now my family is threatening not to come because I am being selfish and my sister needs it more than me because having a baby is too stressful. Okay, there's, there's a lot more. There's there's a whole lot more, but, but time out a second because what dad said was it's just a venue. What really matters is who you're marrying. Doesn't that same logic apply to the little sister? If it doesn't matter where you're doing it, why do you need my... 
my very special had to plan three years in advance venue. Boomerang that logic, Dad. Part two. My brother-in-law called me and apologized for the inconvenience. He told me he had discussed it with my sister and she told him that she would not ask. He is properly mad with her now and warned me that my sister is blaming me for potentially ruining our marriage. My father has sent me about five texts along the lines of, I hope you're happy your sister hadn't stopped crying since yesterday, and so on and so on. My fiancé and I have decided to boot my sister from the bridal party and replace her with my aunt, who is the only family member that took my side. We have not decided whether or not we will invite my family as a whole. Furthermore, my mom took it upon herself to tell on us. She called her fiancé's parents and told them it would be best if my sister gets it because she is pregnant and pre-eclampsia runs in the family. My future father-in-law told them to F off and basically ripped my mom a new one for expecting something so ridiculous and that they were going to lose me if they kept playing favorites. So my mom is now crying too and saying that my father-in-law is an ass. This is just getting so pathetic. It seems straight out of a bad soap opera. My in-laws are driving to us currently with some supper and wine and basically told me not to worry and that no matter what happens, they will be my safety net. I cried of happiness. There's more. There's a lot more. There's a whole lot more. How? <sighs> OP being in this position, having having her fiance's parents be like, no, that's bullshit. Forget about them is the coolest thing that could have happened here. So props to them for that. Part three. So it hasn't been that long, but this post blew the hell up. I was expecting only a few answers, but the support was overwhelming. What boggled my mind is that this story flooded over to mainstream media. But let's get to the story. So since this went viral, a lot happened. My sister saw the story while browsing on her Reddit account. She lost her mind. She accused me of painting her like a loony and misinterpreting facts. Info, my sister got wind of the situation due to various media outlets and then went on Reddit. She said that I was being unfair, that she is family, and that she asked it nicely because she loves me. Was she going to ask it meanly because she doesn't love you? She also underlines the fact that the opinion of internet strangers doesn't count because family is more important and I should focus on making my family happy. The only text I sent back was this. I am sorry that you perceived it that way. I did not in any way distort what happened. As you might notice, I didn't describe your tone nor exaggerated anything. Perhaps you have that night differently in your mind than I do, but I digress. I am sick and tired of bending to your will. My whole life, I have been your servant and your doormat. Remember all the birthdays I had to share with you because you would throw a tantrum because you didn't get presents? Or when you cried so that I would fill out job applications for you? But the thing that has hurt me the most till now is when you ruined my graduation. I am done. I admit that I also spoiled you, but I will not any longer. If you want to marry so bad before your baby is born, then you could look at Hotel X that offers last-minute weddings. I have spent too much time planning my wedding to gift it to you. And if you want to ruin our relationship over this, then go ahead. I will sleep sound and safe knowing that it wasn't my fault. There's the mention of the previous story where she ruined the graduation cake. So she only sent me a, wow, you must love me so very much and blocked me. She unblocked me this morning to send me this, insinuating that she had contacted my wedding planner and was just taking my venue. Wedding planner. Hello, dear. I got the message from your mother and will proceed with the rebooking of the venue on the spot. However, this will have extra costs as we will have to change the names on the contract. Please come by my office tomorrow so we can sign the new contract. Sister. 
That's great. I'll be there at nine. Oh, okay. Hold up. Mom called, went behind her daughter's back, older daughter, OP, to change the venue. To take it from her and to give it to the entitled little sister. Holy shit balls. My parents haven't actually written to me since the thing with my father-in-law. My older brother, yes, I have an older brother, but he lives in another city and wasn't at the barbecue. That's why I didn't mention him. Plus, he initially could not come to the wedding because of work and has changed his plans after hearing about all the story. Contacted me and wanted to know what happened because he got a weird story from our mom and dad. Our mom had told him that I had offered prior to the barbecue to give up the venue to my sister and that I humiliated her in front of our family. Oh, victimization 101? No. I told him what really happened and he had no problem believing me. We talked a lot about our parents' behavior and he confessed that him moving was partly due to our parents being, and I quote, shitheads to us. He told me that mom had gotten wind from the post and was mad at me for betraying my family. I haven't written my parents what so many of you advise me to say because I have come to terms with the fact that they love my sister more than me, if they love me at all. Son of a bitch. Ah. You think you got family problems? The wedding details. We sat together and put passwords with the majority of our vendors and also with the venue direct. We haven't talked to our planner yet, which is why the text of my sister worries me so much. Also, we canceled the catering that my parents paid for. So in the short term, we won't be able to get a full catering like we wanted to, but all of our friends and my fiance's family will help us prepare a buffet and everyone is going to chip in. That will be our bachelor party. We'll have to spend more on our food now. We canceled our bachelor parties and we will have more to spend on our food now that we canceled our bachelor parties and we'll have a family and friends cooking session. Thank you again for helping me see how toxic my family is. I will try to sort it out. If they apologize from the bottom of their heart, they will be allowed into my wedding. But if not, then, well, I still have my brother who will be walking me down the aisle and my aunt. We called my planner and she was actually really horrified. She told me she had never had as much as a conversation with my mother since the day we went to book the venue. She assured me that even if they were to call and say that I wanted it, I had to be present to make any changes. So we informed everyone that is working with us on our wedding and they offered to hire security for that day at a reduced price. There's more. There's more. Oh, my God. Uh, dude, this, this poor OP has been put through the effing ringer. Luckily, it seems like she's marrying into a really solid family. So at least there's that. Okay, part four. Finally, I'm getting around to writing an update. I'm sorry that it took so long, but I have a few updates to my life. I guess, however, that you guys are mainly here to see how my wedding played out and the aftermath with my family. After I last spoke to my parents, they did not let go of their position. I was the bad guy. I was responsible for my sister's depression and her failing relationship. It went so far that I had to block them and change my number as they were contacting me from relatives' phones and so on. It was a real bummer, especially during a time that should be so special. I was harassed by my sister and her entourage on Facebook and Instagram, so I simply deleted it. It was a mentally draining 
time. But my husband's family and friends and my brother helped me to get through it. I had basically cut off every family member that had given me shit for keeping my wedding date. My nan came to my door a few days before the wedding begging to let her come. I had a long talk with nan and she ended up apologizing even though she still failed to see the logic in switching weddings. But she did not want to pressure me and wanted to be there for me. We hugged it out but our relationship is not back to normal yet. The bachelor party was amazing. We were cooking until dawn and everything turned out to be delicious. My husband made a beautiful three-layered cake. Our wedding day. The morning was really good and relaxing. My bridesmaids and I got ready. We drank some Prosecco and took pictures. My dress fit perfectly and I just felt gorgeous. But then came time to leave for the ceremony. We were at the venue taking pictures with my friends and I saw the little car that my sister drives approaching the venue. Admittedly, I was shitting my pants or, well, my dress. One of my friends ran to the venue to get one of the security people that we hired. I really didn't want another Hulk smash moment at my wedding. She had been angry and crying, and as soon as she saw me, she started screaming obscenities. Apparently, I'm a filthy bee that made her fiancé break up with her. She was acting possessed, and at that moment, I couldn't help but feel pity for her. A thing to explain is that in the mornings, the plants are always watered at the venue by some of these sprinkler systems. Thus, the earth was a bit muddy. The next thing happened really fast. My sister bent down to take mud and was getting ready to throw it at me and my dress when my maid of honor sprinted towards her and pushed her so that she fell with her butt into the flowers. The security officer arrived seconds later and removed her. And with that, I had enough ammunition to file for a restraining order against her. I didn't even want to file a police report at this point. I just wanted her to stay away from me. The rest of the day was just amazing. I married my best friend, the love of my life, and just my rock. My brother walked me down the aisle. We all cried at the vows. It was just spectacular. Of course, I missed my parents, but it is what it is. The celebration was very funny. My husband had studied choreography to a Taylor Swift song with his groomsmen, and the speeches could have been from a stand-up club. We left for our honeymoon, and when we came back, I decided to start looking for jobs in a different city. I didn't want to lose my friends, but I just felt like I needed a clean break. I got a new job at a university in a bigger city and we're currently in the process of moving. But maybe the biggest change is also the most cliche thing is that I am pregnant. It is a classic honeymoon baby. We haven't really told anybody now in fear of something happening, so you nice people of Reddit are the first ones to know, besides my husband and me. I'm so excited that I am tearing up just writing this. This was not something we planned for a few years, but we're ecstatic regardless. I have only heard through people in town about the rest of family. My sister is still going around telling people that I was the reason her fiancé broke up with her and that I was trying to dox her or some shit. She has moved in with my parents again and refuses to work. Nan told me that the last time she saw my parents, they looked exhausted because my sister was behaving like a baby. Well, no shit. I guess their parenting is catching up with them. I can only say that I'm really happy right now. It hurts having lost family, but at the end of the day, cutting out toxic people is the best I could do. I now have a husband and a honeymoon baby on the way. My very own family. Oh, and a shiny backbone. Thank you, Reddit, for reassuring me that I indeed was not being selfish, that my family was not in the right. Thank you so much for just writing your comments, supporting me. I even took up therapy, but I have to say I am really enjoying life. Thank you for everything. (laughs) Holy shit. That was a journey. That was an absolute roller coaster. So, um, yes, it is over. That is that is the end of the story. The bridesmaid running over and pushing her ass into the muddy flowers was done good. NFL, sign that girl up. I know a lot of people have families like this where there's there's one person, one sibling in there that like all of the energy goes to and karma. This is this is a story about karma. Karma is a cat. Karma is a wedding. Karma is a wedding venue. 
Uh, Karma is your your entitled babe child having to move back in because she scorched earth every single relationship she has in her entire life. Of course, the parents are pissed at you because you're the because you're part of the narrative of how she ended up back in their house being their problem. But it sounds like she never stopped being their problem ever. But she has someone else to blame for every single effing thing that's ever happened to her. Victimization one on one. She's got she's she's got you to blame for most of it. Like you're, it's your fault that she's not engaged anymore. Her relationship melted. She's staying with her parents and refuses to work now. All of those things, your fault somehow because you got your PhD and because you got married and wouldn't hand over your wedding venue that you booked three years in advance to her. You ruined her life. According to her. It's not an, it's not an A. Well, it's not, it's not an AITA, but we're going to do it anyway. There we go. NTA hundred percent. Not the asshole. Uh, parents have fun. You're going to be taking care of that kid for the rest of your life. Wow. The golden child versus the scapegoat. Man, I am so thankful for my family right now. So thankful for my family. This is insane. That's a lot. And that's a journey. But wow, I I don't know many people that could hold it all together like OP did for this entire journey that could have a backbone like this and not be severely affected by her family basically turning their back on her for the benefit of their younger entitled daughter. She handled this extraordinarily well. I mean, at every turn, OP made the right choice here, and that is so flippin' rare. Round of applause for you, OP. Also, uh, bridesmaid and security guard guy, way to protect the cake and keep her away from the venue completely. Uh, Also, way to protect the dress. Holy crap, she was gonna pick up mud and chuck it at you while she was possessed. This is movie-worthy. It is absolutely. She's going to have a restraining order against her sister. Sounds like no contact with her parents now. And, and the parents are, are feeling, they're, they're feeling the price of their decisions now. Hey there, it is Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story from Reddit for you. And this one is, am I the astronaut for breaking up with my girlfriend after she rejected my proposal twice? Sierra and I have been dating for four years. I absolutely love her and felt like she was my soulmate. I knew I wanted to propose two years into dating, but decided to wait one more year so that I could get into a better situation financially. Last year, I proposed. It was a private proposal on the beach where we went on our first date. She looked at me and said, I want to marry you, but not right now. She said she wasn't in the right space personally to get engaged and to give her some time. That stung, but I was okay with it. After all, I put off proposing so I can be in a good position, so it's only fair that I give her the same chance. It's been a year since then, and I decided to propose again. This time, I asked our friends to help me set it up because I wanted to do something nicer. We orchestrated a nice dinner and a proposal in front of a nice fountain in the city's botanical garden. Everything was ready. Dinner went great, and we went to the fountain. She saw the roses and everything, and then I got down on one knee and asked her to marry me. She teared up and told me, not just yet. That stung really bad. I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew I wanted her in my life forever, but this is the second time she turned me down. I asked her why, and she told me the same thing as last year. I asked her if something was holding her back, like someone, maybe family or a friend, and she just said, I just want to make sure that this will work. Well, that's a surefire way to make sure it works. Kick him in the balls a couple times. 
This hurt me more than the two rejections. I told her if after four years she isn't sure, then what the hell will make her sure? She asked me to give her time, and I told her no. I told her that I'm not going to keep wasting my time and love if she's going to keep saying no. I told her that I can't do this anymore. She began begging me not to leave and said, fine, I'll marry you. Just please don't go. That made me mad, but I didn't say anything. I left. I'm so confused right now, but I know that red flags need to be here. So I'm throwing them. I just don't know exactly what I'm throwing them for yet. My phone has been blowing up with some of our friends, her parents, and her telling me that I'm an asshole for throwing away a four-year relationship because she said no and that I was being a big baby. She just needs some time. The other half of our friends aren't on my side, but they're not on hers either. I don't think I'm an asshole for this. Did I overreact? Am I an asshole? If so, how much more time am I supposed to give her? Edit, we're both 29 years old. Edit two, the second proposal wasn't done in front of my friends. They just helped me plan it and stuff. It was just her and I. Edit three, we had discussed marriage shortly before I proposed the first time. She was into it and even told me that she couldn't see herself with anyone else. She seemed eager about the idea of marriage, which is why I was shocked the first time and then angry the second time. We spoke before the first proposal. We spoke after the first rejection. She was insistent she wanted marriage, but just needed a little bit of time. A year later, I proposed and she rejected me again. That's the proposal above. <sighs> you know, okay, oh, well... Well, 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 there is something that I feel like he could have done a lot better here. Um, but before we get into my thoughts, Candy Thunder has left some thoughts for us here, and I'd like to get into those. Candy's thoughts. If she loved this man and something was truly holding her back, then she should have communicated that to him and either agreed to move forward without marriage being an option or work through the issue. She just said she needed more time which he gave to her. She needed to openly communicate with her partner. I feel like he should have asked more questions and tried to gain a better understanding of how she was feeling before proposing again. Y yes. Okay. Where I was going with my thoughts here is that, look, if she said no one time and said she needed more time waiting one year and then just doing it again without testing the waters first or having a conversation first to make sure that she was ready was a big risk. That was a huge risk and it did not pay off. When she said she needed more time, she didn't say how much time. And that's something she should have communicated. There are a lot of things that she should have communicated better here. There are also a lot of things that he should have communicated better here. It feels like an everyone sucks here right now. Not not that marriage is overrated, obviously, but why is it all or nothing? All or nothing is is interesting here. And like Candy said, if that communication led to like marriage being the problem, then they would have to agree to move forward without marriage being an option there and just be like, okay, we're going to be together. We don't need to be legally married to make that happen he wanted it and that probably needed to be a discussion too so so they're at this place where they love each other they want to spend the rest of their lives together there's a fear inside of her about making the leap to get legally married and maybe it's because of something with her parents maybe it's it, there's something that is scaring the shit out of her and he's not taking the time to feel it out that's the scary part here she is not taking the time to explain it either so they're just in this stalemate and i understand his frustration him saying look i've got kicked in the balls two times like i don't want to do this anymore but instead of just saying i quit how about you try to actually fix the problem how about you try to fix that part of the relationship that, that you guys are getting hung up on and actually solve something and become stronger for it and become better for it and maybe just maybe end up in a spot where you could have a healthy marriage or gain a better understanding and at at minimum have a better understanding of each other feels like an everyone sucks here right now well i think when you're in a relationship and there's something that you need to know like you have to 
you have to ask. You, we can't just we can't sit and wait for our partners to explain things to us. I don't think that's a, that's a healthy approach. I think if you see that something is bothering your partner, there is there is a responsibility on you to help them through that or at least to understand it better and that's going to that's going to require asking some questions that's going to require like pulling that out of her slowly if she doesn't want to open up about it then that's going to be more difficult but if you want to understand it you can't just stand there and wait and again she never said how long she needed so waiting one year and then being like yep i gave you time let's do this again and then she says no and he's like i quit well um you can quit on proposals i understand being frustrated and and being frustrated particularly at the fact that she has the capacity to make you feel that way twice is a big red flag for him and i completely understand why but there was no time spent into better understanding the problem before taking another run at it this is a hot stove situation and the stove is like, I need more time. How much time stove? How much time should I give you? Is the stove still on? In this case it is. You got to wait till it's turned off to make sure that you give it enough time. Make it official here. Everybody sucks in this proposal story. I think as a partner, there's also like, I would feel a responsibility if there was something that candy thunder was, was, having this big of an issue with and it was something that that was going to affect our relationship particularly i would feel some responsibility there to to at least pave that path to at least help facilitate it and i think that's something in a a healthy relationship being able to facilitate healing for each other being able to facilitate solutions for each other is a responsibility i feel like that may not be something that everybody else agrees with too but i know that candy thunderwood it is something that like that's you help each other and you if this is something that affects you particularly in this case this is something that affects him and he's ready to throw their entire relationship away for then yeah, it's worth taking the time to try to figure it out, try to help her figure it out. And she sent a lot of conflicting signals too. Like before the first engagement, I know why he's so confused because she was really into marriage. She said she couldn't see herself with anybody else. He had all the signals that were like, yes, propose. But after that first rejection, that should have been the time to start doing some homework and to start really figuring out like what amount of time is the right amount of time? What's the actual hang up here? And that just never happened. It never happened. Everyone sucks here. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another Reddit story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not letting someone I bullied think I'm doing bad in life? Here's some backstory. I've always been thin. When I was in fourth and fifth grade, I was in a clique of your typical mean girls. We were all thin and pretty, or at least the boys made us feel like that. We were very popular among the boys. This made us really mean. We were arrogant assholes who thought the world revolved around us. There was this girl named Christy, not real name who was on the heavier side and we weren't the nicest to her. We used to make fun of her and exclude her from things, even made other people exclude her. The boys used to pretend to like her and make fun of her when she admitted she liked them. We made her school life really hard. I know that. Eventually, we all went to middle school and I went to a private school with an advanced program so I was no longer hanging out with the clique. Christy did go to middle school with them, but I hadn't heard anything since. 
I went through middle school and got my acts together. Grew out of the mean girl phase and got some decent friends. I went on to graduate college and opened my bookstore cafe. I hadn't even thought of my elementary school friends or Christy in many years. Until about a week ago, that is. My bookstore isn't really busy, so usually it's just me and one other person there. I run the cash register and the coffee orders. The other person is in the kitchen. We had a group of women come in about my age. I was friendly, but one of them was cold and rude straight off the bat. If you work customer service, it's normal, so I brushed it off. I look pretty similar to how I did in elementary school. My face hasn't really changed. I've gotten taller and puberty happened. Once it was time for them to get the check, the rude woman came up to pay and told me, guess karma does exist. I was confused and asked what she meant. She was like, bullies usually get away with their actions, but looks like you weren't very successful. She told me I bullied her in elementary school and that my friends continued to do so in middle school. My heart dropped once I realized this was Christy. I apologized for how I treated her and told her it wasn't fair that she suffered through that. I even offered to comp their bill. Christy said no to the comp, but wanted to speak to my manager or owner so they could know what kind of person they hired. I told her I was the owner and that again, I was very sorry. She flipped out after I told her this. She said she went to years of therapy to help her self-esteem. She suffered through most of her teens and to this day had trust issues in her relationships. She was screaming that bullies shouldn't succeed and that I don't deserve a good life. Her friends tried to get her to leave once she flipped out. They tried to apologize because they didn't know me, but I told them it was fine and that the bill was on me. My cook came out and was threatening to call the cops because Christy looked like she would get violent, but I told him it was fine. Eventually, the group managed to get her out. I closed my shop for the rest of the day. I was shaken and I just wasn't in the right mindset to be there. Now, am I the astronaut for not getting someone else to pretend to be the manager and let Christy think I failed in life? Edit, yes, the cook got paid the full day, so do not be concerned. Edit number two, a lot of you have been asking what the bullying was, so I'll be clear, we never laid a hand on her. A lot of it was name calling, all about her being overweight. We'd get the rest of the class to wear a certain color for a day and have everyone tell her a different thing so she'd be the only one not included. We'd make pig noises when she talked or just ignore her and the other kids would join in until she cried. If we knew a boy liked one of us, we'd have them pretend to like her and then make her cry to show her how much they liked us. When she was running, we'd pretend there was an earthquake. I remember all of these things. I don't enjoy it. I don't recall laughing. It's not a fun memory. Okay, so the the question here is, am I the astronaut for not letting someone I bullied think I'm doing bad in life? I think it's a weird question to ask here. She was a child, but clearly experienced or clearly has this seeded regret here. I would like to think that that kids wouldn't be able to get away with this today, but there's so many of them. It's I, I imagine it is impossible to keep track of of what everybody is saying to everybody, especially when they're trying to be sneaky about it. And and I know that, you know, our girls have gone through gone through some shit with people saying ugly things. It still happens. I mean, yes, that this kind of stuff still happens out there. Unfortunately, she was part of it for a limited amount of time, grew out of it, realized how wrong it was. And then the first opportunity that she got to apologize for it, she apologized for it. What did, what was she expected to do additionally? And I guess that's the question here. Was it because, because Christy, was that her name? Yes. Because Christy got even more angered at the fact that she was the owner of the coffee shop. She's asking, should I have just, should I have just let someone else pretend to be the manager? But how would she know? How how was she, how was OP supposed to know here that that was going to be an additional trigger? 
Uh, there was no way that I can think of that she would be able to have the foresight to be like, oh, if I tell her that I'm the owner now, she going to get mad, mad. I don't think I don't think you could have seen that one coming. And she knows and she knows what she did with shitty. She gets no sympathy for that at all. The question here is, is, is she an even bigger asshole for not pretending that she wasn't the owner? I just don't know that there's any way that she could have had the foresight to know that it was going to be an even bigger issue. Yeah. Pretending she's failing. Isn't going to take the other woman's pain away. That's it's not going to help anything. I mean, if anything, it's she, maybe she, maybe she feels a little bit better because she gets to rat out this person who was a bully in elementary school to her adult boss, but that's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to take that pain away. So, you know, the, the issue that we're addressing is not the bullying that she was a part of in, el- in elementary school. The issue that we're addressing here is, is her telling the truth and saying that she was the owner of the establishment. And I, I, NTA here. That's a tough situation. I mean, I'd feel like OP did the right thing here and took the licks and owned it. Not trying to be punny, but just happened. But she owned it. She knows it was wrong. Doesn't make her not the asshole as a kid. I mean, any kid that has been a part of that knows later in life that they were the asshole. Well, I would hope. I guess we can't blanket statement say that. But she did learn from it. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for telling my sister she sounds bitter and jealous? Man, it'd be awesome if this was OP from the uh, the cake and wedding PhD story. I, 28 female, gave birth to my daughter nearly five months ago. My sister Jenny, 34, has three kids with her husband. Before I gave birth, Jenny gave me several warnings about postpartum depression and how hard the baby will be on my marriage. I took all of the advice she gave me, but thankfully, my experience hasn't been as horrible as she warned. I'm extremely lucky and privileged in my situation, and I acknowledge that. I married a man who comes from a culture where women are doted on and not allowed to take on any chores outside of the baby within the first year postpartum. For the first two months, all I did was look after our daughter. My husband and his family took care of everything else. He took the first two months off from work so he was home with me the entire time. We've bonded in a way I couldn't ever imagine. It's made us closer and made me love him a thousand times more seeing how much he loves being a dad and how excited he is to be involved in everything. My husband's family would cook us fresh meals every single day for the first two months as well. They say that's what's normal in their culture and a woman who has just given birth should be taken care of. They would also come over and together with my husband, clean the whole house, do laundry, meal preps, etc. It makes me emotional just thinking of how much they've done for us and how beautiful my experience in motherhood has been so far. My daughter is also a very easy baby, so I'm blessed all around. What culture is this? Anybody know? Not, not because I need to know, but I think the rest of the world needs to know. Jenny lives in another country, but she would call and check up on me because she was worried I'd have a very difficult time like she did. At first, when I told her that my husband took time off work and that he's been doing all of the cleaning and chores, his family has been cooking for us, etc., she was shocked and said how lucky I was. I agreed. As time goes by, she's been making really shady comments, though. I would ignore them and just change the subject, but she really got on my nerves yesterday. My husband went on a business trip for a few days, and he was getting back last night. I was making dinner for him when she called, and I said I'm making dinner and his favorite dessert because I missed him. She chuckled and said, Normal women call that just being a mother and a wife, but it's just a fun activity for you. She said it in such a rude tone that I had to ask what she meant. 
She said, I'm so out of touch with reality that I can't say something as ridiculous as I'm making my husband dinner because I missed him and not because our family needs to eat. I said, she's making a big deal out of nothing. I cook most days. I told her she knows my in-laws cooked for the first two months and they don't anymore. So who does she think has been cooking? She said, sometimes when she calls, I mentioned that my husband has made dinner. So it's obviously not me who does it. I said, yeah, he makes dinner sometimes because he's also part of the family, but I do it 90% of the time. He likes making us recipes he sees online, so what exactly is the problem? She said, I've basically been babied since my daughter was born, and it drains her when she talks to me because I don't sound like a real mother and wife with how easy I've gotten it. (laughs) I really lost my head after this comment. I told her, not struggling 24-7 doesn't mean I'm less of a mother than her. I take care of my baby, and yes, my husband helps out a lot, but it's his duty as a father. I said she sounds jealous and bitter, and that I'm not going to apologize for not struggling as much as she did and cut the call. I don't regret it because she was being very rude to me, but she ranted to our brother and he told me I was being too harsh instead of understanding why seeing me live an easier life than her would be hard on her. He suggested I reach out to her to fix it, but I don't want to. Am I the astronaut? OP states in the comments, her uh, husband's family is a mix of Mexican and Salvadorian. The postpartum care culture exists on both sides. Ah, okay. And Candy Thunder left another thought on this one, said this reminds her of the sister who was offended when her sister-in-law watched TikTok for new ideas and she told her to grow up. Yes, this is, this is, <laughs> the, the question in this case is, am I the astronaut for telling my sister she sounds bitter and jealous? No, because she's bitter and jealous. In my opinion here, it's one thing, you weren't throwing it in her face, You're, she called you. She called you and asked these things. You're supposed to lie? She was being jealous and bitter. I don't know who, what were you supposed to say? And it was because it was because of of repeated weighted comments like this that she had made where eventually you just had to be like, okay, explain. Where is this coming from? Because here's the, here's the funny part in my in my opinion here. OP's sister is allowed to take jabs. OP is not allowed to defend herself. Is that the moral of the story here? That's that's what brother is saying. Brother says she was being too harsh instead of understanding why seeing her live in an easier life would be hard on her. It's fine if it's hard on her. Understand that. Sure. Doesn't mean you get to take free unlimited jabs. And OP had put up with it till this point, had given her free unlimited jabs. You can have free unlimited jabs, but I'm going to I'm going to stand up for myself. I get to defend myself, right? This isn't a one-sided fight, is it? Because if so, that's horse shit. She gets to defend herself. NTA. Um, NTA. This this sucks. I know that sibling rivalry extends into adulthood as well. And, and it becomes a competition with some siblings. Many of them can peacefully coexist. My sisters and I peacefully coexist. I don't think that there's any kind of competition or that kind of bullshit going on. I know, I know it exists out there, though. And yeah. I mean, she's going to be jealous if you got it better than her. She doesn't have to take jabs at you, though. That's the part where, like, yes, OP understands that it's not the same for her sister. Does that mean she needs to lie about it? And does that mean she can't defend herself? No. Horse shit. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another Reddit story for you. This one is titled, When Your Ex Tells You to Move Out While She's on a Work Trip Because the Guy She Cheated on You With Is Moving In, You Get Very Creative When Moving Out. I can't wait. I did this to an ex who asked me to move out while she was on a work trip and told me she was coming back with her new boyfriend. We were still together when she left. (laughs) 
I got these little noisemakers, battery-powered ones the size of a quarter that emit sounds at just the right volume that you aren't sure if you really heard it. So quiet that two people could be sitting in an average-sized room, and while one can barely hear it, the other wouldn't hear a thing. They last ages and fit perfectly in light fixtures and in wall outlets. I got a box of 20 for them for like 100 bucks on eBay and got so creative all over the house, her car, I even hid them in a boat her father got her. Rich family and she grew up sailing. Well, that explains how she uh, went on vacation and, and found herself a new toy that she's coming back with. Now, these little bastards make a noise at a completely random interval. Could be minutes, could be hours, could take the whole day off. They cycle noises like children laughing, a dying breath, as they call it, a whistle, scratching noises, some other ones I can't remember, but you get the idea. It was so unpredictable, it was near impossible for someone to just figure it out. Candy Thunder, I need these. I need these months go by i get a new place get my life back up now we had a few friends in common and one of them i kept up with they were kind of sour about how she ended things but they had grown up together and kept up the friendship loosely talking and catching up on occasion i never really asked about her but one day we got to talking and he wanted to prank some friends on a camping trip so i told him about the noisemakers as i'm telling him about them, he slowly starts making this face like he's gradually losing his shit. He's got this huge grin on his face and asks me, you put these in your ex's shit, didn't you? And when I admit it, he starts laughing hysterically. Turns out her new boyfriend had only lasted a few months and had and had left telling her that he couldn't eat. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's too, I'm sorry. It's too funny. I've never had a story so funny that I couldn't talk. This is... <laughs> Turns out her new boyfriend had only lasted a few months and had left telling her that he couldn't handle whatever was going on with them and their mental states. Turns out for a while they had both heard things and sometimes only one of them would hear them, which gave the illusion that something really effed with them was going on in their heads at different times. They couldn't figure it out and eventually he wanted out completely. And having run down all the crazy list of shit people who were hearing voices would think ended it believing he had been infected with some brain brain worm the government was putting in vaccines or something like that <laughs> oh my god this is the greatest thing ever oh he thought he got infected by a brain worm that the government put in vaccines it was amazing i hadn't expected to hear anything about it i rode that train for weeks when it went away i got another hit of that high she moved out told her parents she didn't want the house and to give it to her brother or sell it wouldn't tell them why i always tell people who ask about her that i hold no grudge and don't tell them the part where i totally effed with her so bad that i overshot the got her backstage and hit the blissful state of satisfied with my work my wife knows this story by heart because it's her favorite one to tell you get the slow clap for that one op holy shit think geek used to sell them they're called annoyatrons oh that's what you need to look for annoyatrons think geek used to sell them not sure if anyone else sells them but just yeah just search for annoyatrons oh my gosh annoyatrons that is amazing Hey. 
Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content. And if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.